You are listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. I'm your host, Sierra Nicholson. In the studio with me now is Shai Zandani, principal in the KPMG advisory practice. Welcome, Shai. Shai, you gave um, a great presentation today about cybersecurity, and I actually want to start with one of the questions that you posed to the audience. So you asked the folks in the room to give you one word to use to describe cybersecurity. What kind of results did you get? (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because many people think about cybersecurity in different perspective. Uh, We've got all the way from brand reputation and risk and protecting data and data breaches and money lost and even some more kind of frightening uh, terms there. But basically, I think that um, we are all talking about how, uh, I mean, what's the state of you being protected against criminal or unauthorized use of electronic data or even just the measures you are taking to get there. So basically that's it. And these all sound like what I usually think about when I think about cybersecurity. But your position is that there's actually a different way to think about it. Can you talk a little bit about um, how we should be thinking about cybersecurity? Yeah, I mean, and this is some of the things that we've talked about in the last decade or so, suddenly we have nation states involved in cyber breaches. And nation states invest a lot of money in order to penetrate the not just the military part of it, but also the public companies and, and banking industry and uh, other product kind of uh, manufacturing companies. So suddenly, we as a small medium enterprise need to defend ourselves against the government of X and they're putting a lot of efforts and a lot of money and a lot of people to deal with it so my perspective is a bit of not just you know thinking about this specific attack that could had me or uh, that specific virus but to look at it in a kind of more broadly perspective and cyber is not just a technical issue it's much broader than that and this is where I think uh, we are kind of missing some of the points out there. So you made a good point in your presentation also about we can't lose sight of getting the basics right right and I feel like you're circling around that with what you're saying can you kind of talk about um, the interesting question that you posed to the audience about that? <laughs> sure so uh, there was one question which kind of, I guess, surprised the audience, and people are keep su- surprised by that, keep being surprised by that. And I'm asking, how many new cyber attack vectors have been developed in the last 12 months, 24 months or so? And people are surprised to know, you know, you're getting numbers like 100 millions, 100 billions even. Uh, but when we're talking about attack vectors, which is an, kind of an approach to a specific attack and not just changing one small virus effect or stuff like that. We're talking about zero in the last two years or so, so or close to zero, if I'm leaving aside the military cyber offense and, and new kind of zero-day attack that they are out there in that sense. But, and, and then the idea that 
there are so many uh, vulnerabilities out there that people are not dealing with, you know, unpatched servers and their data systems. And the vulnerabilities are there for many, many years. And we keep getting new versions of softwares and, and updates and, and the, the, the breaches and the vulnerabilities are out there and you're not dealing with the basic stuff. You need to go back to basic, making sure that your systems are patched and uh, you're having all the basic things in place. And only then you could kind of deal with other very sophisticated stuff. But since I'm saying that, and since we've got so many vulnerabilities out there, and people are putting a lot of efforts to deal with it, I think that the basic assumption is that we're going to be breached, whether in the near future or the far future, but we're going to be breached. The question is, how do we identify it? How do we respond to it efficiently? And uh, how we can contain this kind of a breach or attack in order that for us at least to limit the damage. So this is where I'm trying to preach. Yeah, that's a that's a really compelling backdrop, right, <laughs> of, of the kind of state of, of cyber. I wonder if we can um, talk a little bit about insurance companies specifically. So you talk about this, um, this concept of the connected world of insurance. Can you talk me through that? Sure. It's interesting because one of the people in the room has mentioning uh, answering some of the questions uh, about scale and about volumes and that was pretty much brought me to my kind of examples when I'm l using some numbers and we're talking about more than 7.7 .7 billion people in the world as of April 2019 we're talking about 5.1 mobile devices out there we're talking about 4.4 people who, I mean, uh, people who are connected to the internet. We're talking about 3.3 billion people are on social media. Those are huge numbers. We're talking about right now 9 billion devices connected to the internet. And we're talking and we're expecting to have more than 50 billions uh, in the next two years. So those are huge numbers. And um, if we are keep going there, the insurance companies need to, to use this data, how to leverage those interconnected word, the, the, the fact that people are online most, in, I mean, more and more than ever, and the fact that they have those sensors in the Internet of Things and to collect the data, you know, the numbers talking about somewhere between 50 to 60 different sensors on your body in the next 5 to 10 years. Imagine that I could monitor your blood pressure, your sh um, glucose level, and all this kind of part before we, you even know what is happening. So those data point of kind of uh, interest point of view, that could bring insurance companies with a lot of data, with a lot of modeling up front in order to get better results out there. So I believe that, um, as some of the speakers before me mentioned, the word now for insurance companies is data and analytics. That's absolutely right with those kind of sensors in space. Saying that, it opens a whole new world for cyber attack mm -hmm. and for cyber breaches and for privacy because this data is out there and anybody could either manipulate the data if they want, collect, and use it against you, 
and uh, of course I don't want to deal with any insurance companies that have been breached in that sense so the insurance company have a lot of potential and as we mentioned before uh, the cyber issue is not just defensive anymore but it has a lot of opportunities but yet we need to make sure that we protect the data and the privacy of our clientele this is fascinating uh, as a consumer it's it's exciting and terrifying, right, to think about, well, what if my insurance company could monitor my blood pressure? And they would, you know, you know, it's exciting and terrifying, right? It's a double-edged sword. So, and I feel like um, you've talked a little bit in your presentation about how, you know, we, we already know that, that, that cyber is a risk and that cybersecurity programs are there to mitigate a risk. But what's the, what's the power of what, an organization is willing to try if they know that their data is safe. Mm -hmm. So once you know the data is safe and once you know that you could trust your team and your infrastructure and all the different defense mechanisms, suddenly you're talking about efficiency, about speed, about doing some analytical analysis on the data in order to get better decisions beforehand. Um, and, and I don't find it so, uh, you know, uh, fictions with regards to that day that people will go on the street and suddenly an ambulance will stop next to them and saying, hey, in the next hour you're going to have a heart attack, we're here to prevent it. So if we're talking about health insurance, if we're talking about those kind of stuff and, and those, the Internet of Things environment and, and uh, power, I strongly believe that we could be there easily. Yeah, you're getting into minority report territory there, Shai, with some of this stuff. Um, <laughs> so we, you know, we were just talking about what the, the power of, of that trust that the data is safe, what that means inside an organization. You also talked a lot about what's the power of having your customers trust that their data is safe with you. Yeah, and I think that's one of the basic stuff that especially when we're talking about companies like insurance companies and banking industry and all that, it means a lot that you can trust your company and we've got a lot of data out there, starting from your healthcare industry, I mean, data, your private financial data and many other examples I could kind of share. But knowing that your vendor is taking good care of it, is protecting it, uh, I mean, it's okay to have some mistakes or some, you know, breaches out there because nobody is immune 100%, but yet they need to be transparent. They need to at least convey the message that they are doing as much as they can in order to prevent it. And once it happened, what they've done in order to fix it for not happening again. So trust is number one, I think, um, aspect of clientele in this kind of industry. It's not like you're coming and you're one-time buyer and the next day you're not going to see me anymore. Right. We have a long-term relationship. Although people keep changing some kind of insurance policies from time to time, but yet in the heavy stuff like life insurance and health insurance, you're pretty much out there for the long run. So you'd like to know that those guys are doing everything they can to protect you. If something happened, you need a transparency in order to say what happened, how you fix it, and how you're going to prevent it from happening again. 
I guess that after one breach or so, people will not actively change their vendors, but if it's going to happen again, wow, I think that could be a, a breaking point there. Yeah, I, I think so too. I was just sort of thinking as a holder of insurance policies, how many times would I give it, right? And I think you're right. One, okay. Two, exactly. mm, probably have a problem. What you're just saying dovetails nicely with the framework that Ed was talking about um, in the opening remarks this morning that, um, you know, what the customer is looking for, right? Know me, protect me, make it easy for me. And what you're talking about, I think, really fits into that inform me bucket, right? So if there's a breach, now what, right? What are you doing to fix it? How are you going to make sure this doesn't happen again, right? These, um, these things kind of permeate across, across themes. So that's really interesting. Um, when can we stop worrying about cyber risk? This is a very interesting question. First, whenever your computer would not be connected to the internet, I guess, <laughs> or even to the network, not even the internet, but uh, that's uh, a fair stuff. But and, and you know, I've heard a very interesting debate about this whole thing about cyber breaches and cyber attack. And I think that people need to change their perspective. I like to use some analogy on when we are in the cyber arena are speaking about like there are some good germs and there are some bad germs. Mm -hmm. So in the cyber field we've got the same kind of stuff like we've got opportunities, we've got some risk, we need to use the cyber field in order to create better opportunities than risk and we need to know how to contain the threats and the risk once it happens but Besides that, we need to live with it for the long run. I love it. I love that analogy, actually, because, you know, if you take too many antibiotics, then you're getting rid of all the good stuff, too, right? So in an organization, if you aren't willing to take, yeah, that's and, great. And there are many movies about, you know, putting many, many defense controls and tools, and some companies are using this kind of protection in order to breach you. and putting some back doors in order to get to your organization, so you're absolutely right. Awesome. Fast forward three years, you're back here presenting again. What kind of themes are you talking about? Hmm. We're uh, still plugged into the internet, I'm pretty sure, so we're still worried about cyber. I think um, we're going to be, and people keep debating that, and I strongly believe it's going to be out there, but um, I, I believe that we're going to have another level of automa automation out there. Mm. Um, not only like, you know, we keep talking about automated cars and, uh, and all that, but I'm talking about simple things that should happen as, as, as life goes on without even talking to you, without just by your thought, your behavior, things will happen. And now that opens, as I've said before, a new field for insurance companies. And, and I guess in three years from now, they will, deal with, they will be dealing with this kind of challenges. I mean, 60 years ago, who even thought about getting or moving from a horse and a wagon to a, something like a motor, an engine? Right, right. Nowadays, we're still thinking about the same about automated automated car and I can assure you that maybe even less than three years um, people will not even think how have we ever had this crazy thinking to hold right how did wheel. we ever drive ourselves how we ever drive ourselves or how yeah. we're thinking about our kids doing it by themselves 
would be much more safer, mm-hmm. much more convenient. So we're going to have another discussion about automation in the near, very near future. Oh, interesting. All right, Shai, it was so great to talk to you about cyber. Thanks for stopping by to spend some time with us. All right, bye-bye. You have been listening to the KPMG Insurance Insights 360 podcast. For more insights, visit listen.kpmg.us slash insurance insights 360.